beginning in, actually, let me get the timestamp. I think I'd do this correctly by now. Okay, so beginning in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Whitney Pittman. Whitney, how are you doing? Good. Appreciate you uh, coming on, and um, I have a feeling you'll have a lot of pretty awesome perspective to kind of share. Um, feels like you're just all over the place playing. Um, but um, I guess we'll just start with what what team are you currently with right now? Um, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to do... Uh, descent for women's uh, for round three, which we did descent for round two, but it's going to be mostly different people. So trying new things out. Gotcha. And you're all, you've been playing in multiple um, regions, haven't you? Like also in the South? Uh, I, I wanted to play more in the South this year, but this, it hasn't worked out so far, but Hopefully I can make it to Memphis. Gotcha. Uh, any other regions for the rest of the year, like East or North? Um, if, if flights weren't so expensive right now, I'd definitely go out to Atlantic city, but I know with, with costs right now, it's, it's gotten a little crazy. So we'll see, we'll see how much is left in my dodgeball budget. Gotcha. And I'm trying to, trying to determine what year it was, but it just seemed like you were traveling all over the place. Um, maybe it was earlier this year or pre pandemic, but, um, how was, uh, let's see. How, how has the, the like recovery from the pandemic been for you? I, I feel like I'm starting to get back in the swing of things. Um, because yeah, traveling was really hard. I couldn't travel for dodgeball. I had to find other things to travel for. So that was a little bit of an adjustment. Um, and I, we couldn't really travel by plane all that much um, during parts of it. So I did a lot of road trips, um, but but now I'm, I'm traveling in for dodgeball tournaments and it, it feels just like it was before the pandemic. But things are kind of back to normal. We're getting there Yeah, minus the cost and some of yeah. the other things going on right now, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a dedicated number? And if so, what's the significance for it? Um, it started off as, as nine, um, because it's always been my like childhood number. And then um, lately I've been kind of like overlapping with other people that also want to be nine. Um, so I went with 69 for, for most things. Like it started off at Sin City, which were made sense to be 69 um but you know i i like 69 because of the movie goon that's hilarious the movie gets that reference uh the movie goon goon it's like hockey movie okay i don't think i've heard of that one i mean it's, it's not a good movie so but like not a good movie as in it's funny and campy or like uh it's it's pretty campy um it's kind of one of those movies that like hockey players reference 
Oh gosh. It's, um, got, it's probably like, you know, the dodgeball movie for us. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. It's got the guy that plays Stifler, I think from, uh, is it Stifler from American pie? Yeah. I just Googled it right now. I'm like, okay, I, I I've, I've seen this. Um, oh boy. Well, that's cool. Um, I, I had to double check, but, uh, so we're recording this on Wednesday evening. So it's sort of air on Friday and it just so happens you'll be episode nine of season six. So that's kind of weird. If you put those numbers together, kind of worked out yeah. in a neat way. <laughs> um, any reason for nine? Uh, did we talk about like the significance? Like that was always your favorite number, but any, um, I think when I was a kid, like I, I've always been nine since I was like five playing like soccer kind of thing. And I, I think I went with nine because that's the day that my birthday is on, but I don't really remember. Gotcha. Just kind of, it was a while back. Just kind of solidified as your number. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, definitely want to talk about some of your sports background, but before we get into that, um, what, what got you into dodgeball initially? Like what was, when did you start playing and what was it? Uh, so I started playing in 2009. Um, so it's been about 13 years now. Um, and I actually had just graduated college and was looking for things to do. So I joined a softball team. And I joined a softball team with John Kleinbell and Jay Boogie for LA people will probably like recognize those names. And after like softball one day, they were like, hey, we're going to go play dodgeball at this pickup. Do you want to come? And so I ended up like following them. Um, and I stopped playing softball and just played dodgeball. Now. Nice. My origin story. Um, you're in Seattle right now. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. But you, but you originated in, in LA with dodgeball yep. at least. Okay. And no idea it like existed prior to that. So like, you know, 2009, the recession hit and I couldn't find a job. So I ended up moving back home with my parents and dodgeball was like the one thing that I was like, I have to find in Seattle. So, um, when I moved back to Seattle, like I just Googled everywhere. Um, I found a couple places. Like I went to like a Jewish community center and there were like all these like older men playing <laughs> and um i was like i don't think this is gonna work out and then um another place i ended up going to in seattle is called loyal heights and um it's actually like where i met like lucas who um is another seattle player that like we've been playing forever um but like it's like a full court gym with like rubber dodgeballs. Um, there's like this huge neutral zone and it's a lot of like just craziness where like I look at it now and I'm, I'm surprised that I still play dodgeball. <laughs> Cause of the chaos or. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, like I broke my hand there, got black eyes, like <laughs> <laughs> just kept banged up. Still kept coming. So. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Even to this day, I still show up for more after so many years of playing. It's just once it sinks its teeth into you, it's got you. I don't think short of the pandemic and everything else is going to ever really keep you away. Um, so starting in 2009 in LA, 
Um, about when did you move back to Seattle? Um, like six months after I started playing dodgeball. Oh, okay. So almost so right away. Long. Gotcha. Do you remember if it was um, LA Dodgeball Society or World Dodgeball Society? Um, it was Poinsettia Rec that like is the pickup they're going to. Okay. And like, I remember talking to Jake, um, being like, yeah, I, I met you like, like Jake Mason. I met him like, you know, 10 years prior to when I like started having this conversation being like, one of the first teams I subbed on was, um, Menage a Dodge. Um, and like, I was like poor in college. And I didn't have any like white and black striped shirts, but I was like, oh, no, I have to go find one. Like, so I matched the team. But like, that was one of my earliest LA dodgeball memories. That's awesome. Who'd have thought like back then, you know, when you're first playing and, and getting involved where it would take you down the road and how long you'd stick out with it and just how much it's evolved since then. But we'll definitely go there and some of the other, other questions. Um, I'm really curious. So you said you played in this one um, uh, center with a bunch of old dudes like were they like high thirties, high forties, fifties, or like how old were they? Uh, probably recall. over their fifties. And like, I just went once, um, the gym was like really old and like needed to be refinished so badly that, um, the balls would pick up splinters from the floor. Ugh. And like, so you'd go to throw and you'd be like, oh, I have a splinter. That's like, I gotta find something else. That's not ideal at all. Um, <laughs> Now I've got a huge grin on my face because I'm just like, okay, cool. There, there may be a possibility of like dodgeball when I'm much older and <laughs> can just stay with where it's safe, you know, playing with a bunch of uh, elderly, elderly folks. Um, so what's, uh, let's go back to 2009. Had, have, had you played dodgeball since then, like in middle school or elementary school or like, have you, had you ever uh, played dodgeball? I don't remember playing it as a kid at all. No? So that, that was also another thing that, Makes it really unique that I, like I picked it up and just kind of went with it. What uh, what what about it like hooked you? Like, can I, you mean, I first think, experience? I think I like throwing things at people. Like it, it's pretty basic, and it was like a good social environment too. Um, that that's one thing that like L.A had that Seattle didn't in that transition mm -hmm. where when I moved to Seattle, I remember like one of our first leagues that we started, um, I tried to get my team to go out to the bar and half of them weren't over 21. So, <laughs> so it made it a little awkward. <laughs> I, I've had teammates that weren't old enough to go to the bar with us before and they just kind of hang out or we're scattering, we lose like half a roster, so no more social hour for us, but uh, I know that. Um, throwing things at people is awesome. I feel like it's, to this day, still very cathartic. You just let it all out on the court, and it's like the only sport that I can think of where you're encouraged to do that. Like, you have to, so most people don't take it personally, but um, <laughs> definitely feel that. Um, did you play in, in the thing by chance? Like was a couple months a couple months ago. I, I did. Can you talk about that? How, how was that? Uh, it was it was fun. It was it was interesting because it, there was a lot of Canadian teams. 
a lot of like players that like I've never played against. So like it, it was interesting to learn their play styles and like different strategies from that tournament. Was there a pretty big, um, maybe not big, but was there like a pretty wide comparison? Like, oh, I've never seen that style of play before. When you're looking at the Canadian teams, like, do they actually bring something? I want to say new to the table, but you know, you know what I mean. Because we've we've seen what we can here, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, some some teams had like their own unique styles. Like, um, I can't think of the name of the team, but they were all just very like cohesive and like methodical, and it was hard to tell like who was doing what. Hmm. Um. Like, I don't know, they, they must like play with each other like all the time and um, are just used to anticipating like their teammates, like every move. Um, and that was really impressive. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember, um, I still wanna maybe, I don't know if it's, if too much time has passed, but I know Lucas had, uh, had suggested doing like a recap of it but not not in the like traditional sense like previous recaps but just kind of going back there and, and talking about the event and finding out how it went down and uh i still might uh just because I'm, I'm curious i just know it happened a lot of people talked about it on social media and it seemed like it was a really successful event and i'm just kind of curious like how did it stand out from you know um elite or premier um you had mentioned like a bunch of canadian teams was it foam and no sting or all foam or what, what was the ball type um, it was it was seven inch foam um, with WDF rules. Um, it was it was interesting because you know we're used to playing Premier um, or even in our local leagues we play with WDF rules, but there were still like certain rules um, that a lot of the Canadian teams really enforced a lot more than any American teams. Um, like especially like line rules like i got called out you know at the time i wanted to like speak back about you know how i felt about it but you know i had to you know, be like yep they were right um but like instead of going in at the back i like cut the corner probably like a foot too early and um the line rep called me out and i was just like oh All right yep you're right <laughs> so they just they weren't having any deviation from the rule set yeah yeah that, that actually sounds kind of nice um especially if they're consistently enforcing it across the uh the tournament yeah i mean i don't i don't know that i would have called myself out if i'd watched that happen that's a I mean, not have been the most consistent <laughs> Yeah, that's a terrible way to go out though. Like any any line infraction is just like, oh man, really? And then I couldn't even imagine if you're like get caught back in in the heat of battle, and then you just <laughs> you cut the corner just to buy a foot, and you're you're done. There goes a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they weren't I'm, wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Like you caught yourself like, oh, well, they're not wrong, but still mad, still upset about it. <laughs> Um, I'm assuming you played in the Seattle Classic then. Um, I'm trying to think of when the last one was. I think it, it's been a few years. And I think mm -hmm. the last time that we had it was actually a South round. And I was like, any other weekend, I'll be out of town. 
Um, but like, yeah, I've played in quite a few. But I think I think it's been four years. Man, like so 20, 2018, I think that's the last one I saw actively posted on on Facebook. So it looked like more and more uh like other region teams were playing. I played in twenty thirteen and that was a blast. Like that thing was it just had like a really different vibe to it. it had like the DJs and I don't know if they're they're still doing that when you played last or uh, I mean, I think we we had music, and then we have we usually have like announcers. That right. oh, I forgot about the ones that, that we've had usually bring a lot of like color to the tournament. Gotcha. Um, let's go back to sports that you played. So you mentioned you played soccer. Uh, what position? Oh, I, this was just when I was like a kid, like little, oh, gotcha. like um, I guess more like closer to adulthood. Um, my sports background would be the bowling team. I was on the varsity bowling team. <laughs> nice. Trying to see if there's any parallels to dodgeball there. Um, I mean, bowling's really fun. Do you, uh, do you still bowl? Just curious. Uh, not like I, I can't bowl like I used to. I'm, I'm lucky to break a hundred now. <laughs> oh man. What was, what was the highest score you've ever gotten? If you can remember uh i think like 180 or 200 nice i like just made the varsity team huh i don't, I don't think uh i don't think my high school had a bowling team it's pretty cool a- any other sports uh growing up uh and softball here and there um like i used to play soft softball with my parents and my little sister um, so it's kind of like our family sport, but not too competitive. Gotcha. Just more on the recreational front. Yeah. Sure. Um, did you ever play in any of the national dodgeball league, NDL tournaments or UDC or like before elite? No, I mean, so like the, um, UDC, I think the women's, they just did it the one year. And I, I still was like, I don't, I don't know, like I was a little timid about trying to like join a team and like, I didn't feel confident enough to like reach out to anybody. And then I was like, well, you know, that looks really fun. Like next year I want to try and like get into that. And then it collapsed. So I didn't get a chance. That's a bummer. Had you, have you, had you played trampoline dodgeball since then or up to that point? No. And like, that's another thing is like, I'm, I'm not a jumper. Like if people watch me play, like I don't jump. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember, man, was that it's starting to become a blur and that's kind of scary to me, but was it 2018, 2019 for you to see? I think it was 2019 was when they came out with like all the, the bells and whistles and it's really cool seeing all the players like giving, given like the, the Monday night football treatment where have like the interviews and whatnot, but uh, that's crazy how that just feels like so long ago. Yeah. I mean, um, it kind of was a long time ago. Yeah, I guess when you, 20, it's three, four years ago. Man, time's flying. Um, so knowing the NDL, what about, uh, so now you definitely start playing elite. What what drew you into like the, like the competitive scene? Um, I, like, I kind of got, 
into it because I wanted to travel. And like my first traveling tournament was like nationals in Boston, 2017. Um, and that was like mostly because Roybots needed women to play for co-ed. And I was like, well, I'll go check it out. Like I wanna go on a trip and meet other dodgeball people. So I started, I, I went to that. And then um, after that, I was like, that was really fun. Like I want to do a whole season. Um, so I came back the next year and I've played ever since in elite slash premier. Nice. What's, um, what version of dodgeball is your favorite? Like between elite slash premier, um, Seattle classic, uh, sin city, like do you have a, a version that's your favorite currently? Uh, that that's tricky. Um, I mean, I, I really like seven inch foam for like the competitiveness, but I think I enjoy myself mo mostly at, at like Sin City. Like Sin City has like the whole package, everything I like. Like um, the team I played with, I love playing with them. Um, and like we'll probably only try to play with them every <laughs> nice so you've got um, like a an established in city team yeah 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 sparkle motion sparkle motion oh god <laughs> donnie darko right yeah yep. yeah <laughs> what's that line uh i'm questioning your commitment to sparkle motion <laughs> oh my goodness i i've only seen that movie once but for some reason that whole part just completely stands out amongst Everything else. And was Patrick Swayze in that movie? I'm going to look it up. Uh, I can't remember now. Yeah, I'll have to Google that in a second. Um, yeah, Sin City is a blast. Um, even even just going to the few times I've gone just to, to vend, it's, it's just cool watching everything happen and just relaxing. And obviously the social aspect is pretty fun too. Um, yeah. What... Uh, if you're cool with this one, what, uh, how would you define your style of play? Like, would you consider yourself more of like a defensive player, offensive player, catcher, thrower? Does it vary by ball style? I mean, I think, I think this would be interesting to hear from my like teammates anonymously. I feel like everybody has like wildly different perspectives of like other people's play styles. Right. <laughs> um, so I think it'd be really interesting to hear. Um, I consider myself to be more of a thrower um, just because my, my throw is pretty accurate and it tends to be better than my catches. So that's a thrower. I think you're, you give me a pretty good idea. I don't know if I can pull this off for like future interviews, but like maybe just ask the teammates to, or people that know the person can be interviewed if they can send me like anonymously how they perceive that question then be like, Oh yeah. Uh, your teammates or anonymous people said they see you as a more of a catcher versus a thrower. That might be something I might look into. I'm going to try to adopt that in the future. So if I do do that, thank you in advance for the idea. That's actually. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think it also depends on the team too. Cause like, I don't know, every, every team kind of has like a 
different skill set, even like down to the day where like someone, you know, is doing really well that day and they're hot, like they're going to be better in a catching role or a throwing role. Um, so I think knowing, having that awareness of your team and being able to change is something I work on in particular. <laughs> Trying to be like dynamic and not just a, a one one role kind of player. Yep. yep. Is there anybody that you model your play after or uh, not say still, but like borrow um, techniques from or a style from? Um, there's a lot of people that I'll watch and like, I'll see them do something really amazing. And then I'll be like, I wonder if I can figure out how to do that. And sometimes that's no, but like, you know, I, I try. <laughs> um, like, uh, one time I was watching, um, Beverly play during no block. And like, it never even occurred to me that I could toss the ball that I have and block with the ball as long as it's not in my hand. And she did that once. Well, like I was throwing at her and I was like, huh, I learned a new skill today. <laughs> like, like I just came away from that match, just like with an epiphany of like a different way that I could play. Huh. So I think just watching other people in general is, is like kind of how I try to model some of like my playing after. I like that. It's like, oh, I haven't, I'm going to try this. Nope. That did not work. I will not do that again. But the ones that stick kind of, <laughs> kind of help make you a more solid player. So basically, um, have you, have you ever been accidentally called out for that? Like chucking a ball to block or more curious? Um, the not yet. I mean, I, I hope it like, you know, kind of also blows someone my, someone's mind at some point. Um, I still haven't really quite gotten that skill down. So gotcha. <laughs> still, in progress. still a work in progress for sure. Um, I think you mentioned seven inch foam was might be your favorite type of ball or how would, how would you rank them between foam, no sting, 8.5 and have you played cloth? Um, yeah, I, I played cloth, which, you know, I like cloth a lot, but I don't usually get the opportunity to play it. Um, but I think, you know, seven inch foam is kind of like, you know, my favorite ball because it's like so fast and, um, accurate. And I think I've, I've only played foam co-ed once, but I think it's going to be like one of my favorite formats. Um, we got to play it a little bit at the combine this year. Um, and it kind of meshed like some of the interest interesting things I like about co-ed with like the speed and like accuracy of the foam. Um, so I'm really excited to play it in round three and see like kind of what that's like. Gotcha. But honestly, I kind of, I kind of just like having different formats to try new things. So you're not really <clears throat> like, what's the word? Um, stuck on one specific ball or type like you're just kind of open to multiple play styles different types of balls just whatever's out there yeah i mean there there are some that i dislike like i'm not a fan of the 8.25 foam those are weird and like 
there's a tournament coming up that like everyone in Seattle loves. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go. <laughs> um, which, uh, but which... they, they, oh, sorry. um, like the VPL rules. So like there's a separate count for every ball and it's 8.25 foam. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, wow. I, I think I've heard of that one. I, I don't, how many, how many balls are there for that one? Um, I think there was seven. I could be wrong. So there's a count for every ball times seven balls. Yes. So yeah. it's just like a cannon of people counting to 10, <laughs> like all the refs. Oh man. And I, I like, I don't have the mental capacity to deal with like all of that counting. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a lot. I can't even, as a ref, I can't even do the countdown. I usually try to have someone else do it so I can try to calculate, you know, well, this team has four, this team has two. So this team must throw at least one. So I, geez, I couldn't even imagine seven, seven balls, each one having on specific count. That's, that's wild. Never mind playing, but, yeah. um, but I mean, it, it like, aside from that, it, it, it's a fun tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's probably, uh, a lot faster pace, I would imagine. Just more running gun style, maybe. <clears throat> yeah, a lot, a lot of panic throws. <laughs> like, I, like probably my my favorite moment watching that tournament, um, which someone was recording, but the footage was deleted, was when um, you know Sean Anderson. Um, I think it, I think it was a one V one against John Anderson and Tom Misello, who like plays on sparkle motion and, um, Tom ends up winning and like, it was dramatic and yeah, the footage was deleted. I think we're all still waiting for that footage. Oh man. It was like controversial or just, it was a good win for, for Tom against John. Um, I, I think. I think it hurt Sean's pride a little uh, bit. <laughs> so it was conveniently lost that footage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, well, if it's out there, uh, usually this is where Sergio comes out of nowhere and pulls it up from his archives or just knows someone that knows someone. So <laughs> maybe we can keep your fingers crossed. I'd love to see Sean get crushed. Um, in good fun, of course. Uh, it, it was a good, good moment to watch. Keep my, keep my fingers crossed. Um, did you have any role models growing up? Um, I mean, not really a sports role model. I was, I was into art. So like, um, there were a lot of like artist role models that like, I guess like the thinking outside of the box thing, I, I still like um, apply it to Donald at certain points, um, but nothing really sports related. I guess, you know, like when I was a kid, um, the dream team was a really big thing. And then like the women's USA soccer team was a big deal. Um, and like the women's soccer team was actually probably more influ- 
influential than you know i probably realized that like you know they they won the gold medal and it was like a huge thing and like you know it was kind of like the first time really women team sports were like putting on the limelight like that like i don't i don't remember anything else being like that big of a deal um like i remember you know just watching the olympics and and knowing that like um, you know, women, women's team sports weren't quite showcased in that way before. Are you referring to, um, like recently or what, uh, about what time frame? Um, it would probably be like 96, like Mia Hamm, um, like Brandy Chastain when she like scores that, that goal and like takes her shirt off. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> like every, everyone remembers that like iconic moment. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I, I think that also kind of created a legacy for the women's soccer team now too, because they're, they're pretty amazing. <laughs> that's what I was asking. So like, I mean, they're winning recently I and mean, that's what they're, what they've been known for. I, mean, I was trying to remember when that one, I don't want to say the instant, just that one event where, um, you know, the, the famous shirt removal thing, like that was such a horrible thing to have done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was feeling her moment. Got to do that sometimes. I mean, you just, you just won. Like how, how I don't, yeah. Like to each their own, but like, yeah. let, them, let them have that, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I always like joke too that, you know, guys whenever they like do a good play or like especially like football they like, spike the ball and they do the like you know the grunt and like it's, it's weird when like women do that kind of like celebration it's like not the norm but i think i think that's why it was also like you know so iconic and controversy controversial at the time yeah yeah i remember um sort of slowly come back to all the the public outcry and that was just uh yeah maybe she probably go down the rabbit hole but it was just like a <laughs> such a big deal back then and it's like it really really wasn't um and the dream team referring to like the basketball like in the early 90s yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like that's how old i am <laughs> I mean, same. I, I remember that as a kid, and then um, I just finished uh, the Last Dance um, like a couple weeks ago. I started it in 2020, and then life happened. And then two years later, I finally like decided to finish it, and it was cool watching all the old footage and the early 90s, and just uh, getting lost in that nostalgia. So that's cool. Um. Yeah. Do you have any favorite superheroes or like influential characters, fictitious or movie or? I mean, this might be heartbreaking to some people, but I, I don't, I'm not really into superheroes. <laughs> what about uh, any, any characters just from books or? Um, I mean, I like. I'm nerdy and I'm like a nonfiction kind of person that I'm like, 
oh, that person is like really good at math or like science or like they made some, you know, influential discovery. I'm like, that's that's cool. Um, I think the most like science fiction stuff that I get into is like Star Trek. <laughs> mm. so not a not a Star Wars fan. I mean, Star Wars is good too, but like Star Trek is like where I get really nerdy. Gotcha. It's like, yeah. I always uh, I always for Star Trek is like the hard stuff, like the real, like Star Wars is fantastic. It's fun. Yeah. But like. And maybe this is why I'm not a huge fan of Star Trek, but it just seems like, yeah, if I want philosophical, political debates and intrigue, I'll go to Star Trek. And if I want more like the science behind certain things, I'll, I'll go there as well. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars has beautiful costumes. Like, where, like, I, I feel like that could have been better in Star Trek, where especially the old stuff, you, like, look at the tribbles and you're like, that's... It's just a ball of fun for <laughs> you're you're in uh are you in clothing design or yep yeah gotcha those for a living so are, when you watch movies and things like that you just uh are you always looking at like the costume design or is it like your where your eye goes I, uh, sometimes yeah like if, if there's like you know interesting stuff happening then, you know, I'll, I'll watch something again, you know, just to see, I mean, maybe if, with the mute on, if it's like a bad movie, but it has good costumes. Curious. Do you have like a, like a favorite movie or series where you're like, man, those costumes are just like, oof, they're on point. Well, I mean, Star Wars is one of like my favorite costume movies. Um, even even like this latest series, um, I, like I, I sent a screenshot to someone at work and was like, "We need to make dresses with capes." And like the the person I sent it to was like, "Yeah, I like Star Wars too, but I don't know." <laughs> but it's on trend right now. Capes are in. Capes are kind of cool. Are, are you referencing Obi Wan by chance? Yes, Obi Wan. Did you, so? What do you think? Did you enjoy it? Um, I, I've been into the Mandalorian, but I'm not. Yes. I'm not so sure about Obi Wan. Quite yet. I haven't finished it. Oh, okay. I think I watched three episodes. Ooh, it's okay. It's about to get. I mean, I don't know how you're. Haven't been spoiled, but yeah, just if you haven't already, just watch. Be wary of the internet because there are so many spoilers now. <laughs> but it it was so good. I uh. Yeah, I was I was very excited. But um did you like the sequels? Um, like seven, eight, and nine? Um, not as much as the original ones, but Right. Alright. Yeah, eight and nine all but killed Star Wars for me, and I was like a huge fan growing up. Um, definitely had my high school Star Wars phase. And then oddly enough, like the Mandalorian brought me back. Like I was full one eighty because of the Mandalorian and that last episode with uh, season two was just like, Oh, it's just, that was beautiful. Um, God, I love the Mandalorian so much. Great, great show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jar Jar Binks is a tough sell. Like, I don't know anyone that was like, Oh yeah, that's it. You know, that made it <laughs> <a great movie. laughs> no. 
how did I, who was I just talking to about Jar Jar? I was like, it was too much. Like, I understood they were trying to make him like, you know, supposed to bring comedic relief and supposed to be there for the kids. But my gosh, he just takes you out of the moment so easily. Yeah. But anyway, um, I can go on about Star Wars, but um, are there any? Has there ever been a difficult moment in dodgeball that you've overcome that you'd be willing to share? Um, I mean, I've I've had some health issues that I think has kind of been like the biggest part that I've had to overcome. Um, like it, it kind of like took me out of dodgeball for a few years. Um, like in 2013, I got like rear-ended in a car accident and I broke my hand for a second time. Um, I had a lot of, you know, just like muscle issues. And then the big thing was that like, I herniated a disc in my back. And so like, I'd have like surgeries and like a couple years of like physical therapy. Um, and so like, I was playing dodgeball for a while and, um, it took a long time to recover from that in particular. Must've been rough. Just not being able to play and function normally. <clears throat> what, uh, um, yeah. what, what, what kept you going? Was it just like the passion for the game knowing that you just wanted to come back or, I mean, yeah, I, I think it was, you know, kind of like the social aspect of it and like, you know, just, you know, kind of the, the feeling of like community in Seattle in particular is like what got me to come back. Nice. Um, and you know, it's, it's good exercise and like, that's kind of, you know, what I was looking for to like recover and like not be in pain. <laughs> so. Gotcha. So it, was, it was kind of, you know, a mixture of a few things. Was it, uh, was it hard or intimidating coming back? Like trying to, trust your your body again to execute like the same level of play style that you had years previous because i know that's a long time to to be out of it well i mean yeah and my my body was a lot different um like after that i gained like a hundred um so yeah there, there was a lot of work that i had to put into like get get to where i am now um, kind of just like put back my back together in my body. Like I always joke that I'm like held together with chewing gum and sticks. Because <laughs> there's a lot that happened. <laughs> um, sorry, you cut up real briefly. You said, um, did I hear correctly? You had gained like a hundred pounds during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, wow. It's funny. Like I don't really, you know, talk about it that much but I, I see a lot of people that show their like dodgeball progress pictures yeah and I've, I've like never posted one but i'm like i'll probably win <laughs> like uh, there's there's some pictures where you're like that's not the same person yeah. <laughs> gotcha yeah I, I would would never have guessed like um i appreciate you sharing that with me like that's um it's kind of why i asked that question um just because it, it all started from um, I was talking to Brenda. I was interviewing her a couple of years ago, and um, when I heard about her, when I met her, she was you know just a, a complete badass. She was like, 
super fit, very athletic, and um, you know, automatically you just assume, oh, that person's always been that way. But then somewhere in that conversation, she had talked about how she wasn't like that. And like everybody starts somewhere and she built herself up to be that person. And it was, it was just really cool kind of hearing, you know, people, how they, how they constructed themselves, I guess, like what they overcame to become who they are. So that's kind of why I started asking that question just to get an idea of what other people are not so much going through, but what they've overcome. And I've had some people reach out saying they really like that type of questioning. So, um, yeah, thanks for sharing. I was not expecting that. I mean, at, at work, because, you know, I have a corporate job. Um, one of our favorite, you know, daily rituals in our um, daily meetings is to talk about growth mindset. Hmm. And I think dodgeball is kind of like that in a nutshell, where it's like always kind of like, you know, it's, it's a personal um improvement method um it's always a new challenge and like i always have like kind of a new goal in mind when i play dodgeball where i'm like okay so i want to work on this one little thing that i think will be really cool um it's like the other day i was you know we were playing um in the local league and i was like today i'm gonna hit two people with one ball and like, that's, that's what I worked on, um, just that night. That was, that was my goal to hit two people with one ball on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great when it happens on accident, but if you like, no, I did that on purpose. That's even sweeter. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, I might save the question forming in my mind for towards the end with that one. But, um, so in, so like every day at work, you guys have like a, you said like a growth mindset, like session or discussion where you just say, this is what I'm going to do today better. Or can you elaborate yeah. a little bit more? Um, I mean, it's a little bit, you know, kind of like a, I don't know, church prayer in a way, or like, you know, once a day, every week, we like go through all these like growth mindset principles of like, instead of saying, I can't, I can or like trying to find ways that you can improve your like your daily process and like hmm. all that fun corporate stuff. But <laughs> but sometimes I apply it to dodgeball. <laughs> gotcha. That's pretty cool. Um, I have this book um, that I've shared with a really good friend of mine called the Daily Daily Stoic, and it's like a a daily entry. And it quotes like Epictetus, uh, Marcus Aurelius, and it shows like a paragraph of their statement from their various works. And then it has um, the author like kind of explain their piece or their take on it. And it's always like a really cool, like just a real couple minute, you know, um, not intentional thing, but just just taking a moment to to be in the moment and be like, oh, it's a really good passage. I will try to apply that today and if I do great and if I don't, well, there's, there's always tomorrow. So that's pretty cool. Um, speaking of rituals, do you have a pregame ritual for like tournaments or league? Oh, stretching. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but like, that's something I like, I won't play, I won't throw without like taking a minute to just 
stretch and get a little warmed up. Bad things happen if you don't. Oh yeah. Any, um, like you're not, you don't like, I must put this sock on in this combination or I must wear these lucky shoes or nothing like that. Or like nothing like the night prior. Uh, not really. I think maybe just, you know, trying to sleep, like get a good night's sleep is kind of what will dictate how well I do the next day. Like if, if I sleep like crap, I'm going to play like crap. So. Gotcha. No basic things, simple things, stretch, sleep, yeah. hydrate. Yeah. Do you, uh, Eat some food. like clean food, healthy food? Yeah. Yeah. I, had mcdonald's the night before a tournament last weekend i was just garbage and i'm like well i knew better <laughs> but mcdonald's is so good sometimes but anyway um do you have any like songs that amp you up for dodgeball or do you listen to music before or during uh i have like i have playlists uh not like clear song um that is it's one thing that like enjoy about like our, our leagues in Seattle is that we usually have music and usually it's like a communal playlist that we try to put together um, or like enjoy making playlists with, like trade playlists and like we all kind of swap music nice. um, I, I don't know if like other dodgeball communities kind of have that like music exchange but that's where I get some of like my good playlists that get me ready for dodgeball. Yeah. Um, Cactus over here during their social league, they'll, they'll play music and it's kind of like the same songs over and over again, but every now and then Backstreet Boys will come on like, Oh, this is fun. And you just like watch people start dancing. Like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Definitely. Uh, definitely makes the, the atmosphere a lot more recreational and, and fun. Um, Let's go to some of the crowdsource questions. So Gage, who I'm assuming you know, says first. Um, but he does ask, most favorite state playing dodgeball in? Uh, I, well, I mean, Washington. Not, not counting Washington. But I mean, outside of Washington, Texas. Yeah. Um, like, I've got a soft spot for Texas. I think uh, he just made Becca May pretty happy with that answer. I mean, she knows. <laughs> I love Becca. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I wish, like, the political climate was better right now because playing there a lot more. Like, the people are great. The food is great. Like, I, I didn't know that there were different flavors of barbecue before I went to Texas. Like barbecue sauce or just barbecue well, in general? You know, that, that's what you think about is like, you know, the typical barbecue sauce flavor. Right. But you go down there and you like get brisket from different places. And like they smoke it with different woods and like all this stuff. And so I really liked eating barbecue in the South in general. I had no idea it was so good. I think I just explained why I need to go broaden my horizons with barbecue too. Cause I just immediately defaulted to, to sauce, but I had, uh, 
I went to this one barbecue place in Dallas a couple years ago, and it was just like a gigantic, like brick grill looking thing with just so much meat. And I think I got the meat sweats that night. Was it was it hard eight? Um, what was it called again? Hard eight. Hard eight. Yeah. That one. That one. You walk in, and it it's like Disneyland for oh my barbecue. God. It was. <laughs> I just can't put it right now. Yes, that is literally ingrained in my mind. Wow. Okay, so it's a chain. Okay, wow. I was like, how did how the heck did you know like the one place that I went to? But okay, there's a couple. Yeah, I've been to a lot of barbecue places in Texas. Oh man, now, I, now I'm craving barbecue. This was a mistake. But uh, <laughs> going back to the people um, and, and just playing dodgeball down there um that, i'm always i always hear that like everyone that travels will always say so many highly high things about the south and the the players there and the friendliness and um yeah i agree it's a shame that the current polit- political uh scope being what it is, is is kind of um taking dodgeball away from there at least that's been my perception um but I don't know. Hopefully there'll be some kind of, um, I don't want to say shift, but there'll be more reasons to travel down there for, for dodgeball. Cause that's, that's been something I've been wanting to do for a while now since I've been back. But, um, you played for, was it Southern revolver when you played in the South? Yeah. For, for co-ed and then poison for women. Gotcha. I wonder, um, Let's reach out to them and see if they're still playing. I, I think there's a, a an event coming up fairly soon. So that's how out of touch I've been too. Is like without all these recaps, it's kind of hard to like remember or see who's still out there playing. But um, I'll definitely have to spend some more time uh, talking to some of the uh, Southern players. But um, let's see. Alan Thomas says, uh, "What do you prefer playing, co-ed or women's?" And what do you think is the purpose of co-ed existing if it's more than just an excuse to play more dodgeball? I mean, I, I prefer women's because, you know, like I think women in sports is, you know, a huge priority. Um, and it, it's like so empowering to be on a women's team and to work as a team to like be competitive because being competitive isn't necessarily, you know, a traditional gender role for women. Um, and it, it's, it's just nice to feel that like kind of bond with other, you know, adult women. Um, but I mean, there, there's a lot more to that too, but like, that's kind of like the short answer of like why I prefer women. Um, it's, it's also like, a different strategy than co-ed um, but I think both co-ed and women having like that that option um, to have kind of you know two different dodgeball experiences is really important um, where like like it's interesting like I'll sit there and like watch open I'll watch co-ed I'll watch women's and try to like you know think of like how they're different and like what can be gained from each division. And it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to think about kind of 
the gender identities that like come into play. Um, like like women are in a in a co-ed setting are always kind of you know the catcher or like kind of the appendage to men. Um, at least in the past. Hopefully now with like the three and three rule, it, it it's like a little bit more um, equal. But I think women as a division have kind of had to like adapt to that um, role in the team. And so like women play in a much more like methodical and calculated and they, they want to interact with their team and like be a unified um, way to like beat the other team. Like there, there isn't just like one women player usually that like stands out from the team. Um, whereas it's usually like there's less communication. Um, it's um, capitalizing on, on an opportunity and relying on, you know, basically a hard throw or like physical aspects to the game. Um, so I, I think kind of like having both and having the option to do co-ed is really important because it kind of like blends those strategies and um, helps both like people who play in, the op in open and people who play in women kind of like blend those strategies and, and think differently. So I think like everyone's dodgeball game gets better by playing co-ed. Gotcha. So that, that's kind of my little like soapbox about co-ed and like why it's important. Do you feel the, uh, the shift again? So three, three men, three women, obviously like you feel like that was a good move then. I think that's what I heard you say. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's really important to like equalize, um, a women's role and kind of like, you know, a, a more female centric strategy, uh, because it, it usually gets overlooked in co-ed. Like I, I like I've played on teams, um, where, you know, the male players have been more open to, you know, letting me play corner because I'm a lot more strategic. I'll, I'll hold the ball, ball more than um, guys typically will. Um, so it's like a little bit different psychology behind it. I'm trying to think. Um, not that I'm trying to stir the pot at all. Um, but I, I just remember there was such like intense back and forth, uh, thread comments, dialogue arguments about this shift, but it always just seemed like if you want it to be co-ed, then it just makes sense. And I'm really seeing too many co-ed matches where it would seem like that's not the case. I'm, I'm trying to remember like what the big deal was. Um, cause I feel like now that it's here, it's happening. It's like, I don't feel like it was worth all the fuss. I, I don't know if that makes sense at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I do see that it's hard to get that actual like player count. Like there are less women that play dodgeball. So like the ratio is hard to maintain. Um, I do get that. Yes. <clears throat> and, and I think it is kind of hard for people to see like the value 
um, in learning from people that like may have a different um, role traditionally in dodgeball. Like I, I like I don't think a lot of people that like love open don't really like co-ed are going to try to learn from um, like a women division player. You know, like like I, I don't know that that people necessarily see the value in learning from those teammates, but they should. I mean, you if you're there for dodgeball, you would treat it like you treat any division. Like you want to contribute and learn from your teammates and rely on them like you would any other division in my mind anyway. And if your dynamic changes, I mean, that's what happens when you have different players in your team. It's not even about the gender of the person. This is my mind. But like I've always loved co-ed. I always thought it was like only in dodgeball. Can you have a sport or have a, a composition of men and women playing alongside each other? And, you know, the, the intensity is not going to change. Like you, you want to still take out the other team. You still want to throw at them. You still want to like, not, not hurt them. I was going to say that you still want to hit them as hard as you can and get rid of them. Like that doesn't change at all. Now I always thought that was like a really cool, unique thing that dodgeball had. And if I had, you know, a lot of money, I would probably create a product around that to showcase that to get dodgeball picked up in the mainstream. Cause it's just unique. Like I can't think of with the exception of maybe tennis and racquetball, and this is a stretch for me. I, I don't, like, you didn't, wouldn't see that in football or basketball or baseball or the conventional sports. So that's always been my, I guess, unsolicited um, angle towards it. But um, I'll have to watch round three and see if it's really as, as different as previous events, but I, I don't feel like it has. I feel like, in my opinion, it's been very seamless. Um, I think the only valid argument people had with the switch was, okay, you have to find another woman player, like, oh, well, but anyway. Yeah. I mean, change is always hard. So there's just that part too. Yeah. Change is hard. There are growing pains. And I mean, name any big shift in the last 20 years of dodgeball, people complained, but we're still here, still playing. So, um, I think it glossed over. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I do think the women's soccer team, if like, well, the women's and men's, if there was a co-ed version, I think the men's soccer team would play a lot better by learning from the women's, <laughs> the USA team. I mean, they have like watching watching those women. They're like just methodical, like assassins, and like the guys also like don't quite have that cohesiveness. Um, I think other sports could really benefit from co-ed. And I think like co-ed is a very unique um, and great opportunity in dodgeball that you know, I love. Hmm. I'm trying to think of uh, the last World Cup performance for men's soccer. Sorry if I got this wrong. Women, the women's team won both World Cups, right? I, I think so. But just like watching the two teams play, it's like night and day. 
Hmm. That could be a, a topic we revisit down the road because I'm really curious and I know that this topic has been gone through the, uh, the Facebook threads time and again, but, um, this is something I'm, I'm really genuinely curious about, but, uh, I did gloss over Dominic's question. He did want to ask what was your favorite city as well to play in? Um, well, I mean, if I'm going based on one-off cities, um, Maybe, maybe Vegas because of Sin City, where I think Sin City anywhere else would have like a different kind of vibe. It's like that social party aspect that's so much fun um, when it comes to Sin City. Yeah, Vegas is a, uh, can be fun, but at your own risk. Yeah. <laughs> um, staple question. From Markel, never misses a beat. Can Markel get another Pittman jersey? Well, I, I don't get Pittman jerseys. I get Whitnasky jerseys. I'm so. oh, so you get what? What jerseys? Whitnasty. Whitnasty? Nice. <laughs> uh, I must ask. I, I can get him another one of those. Um, Sin City nickname, or where did that come from? Um, it, no, it came from before Sin City. Um, like I think Sergio, Sergio likes to to yell "wit nasty" at me in particular when whenever I make like a really solid play. Nice. He'll be on the sidelines yelling it for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's just been kind of like a nickname that's stuck around for a while. It works. I mean, it just it sounds natural. So I'll have to listen for that. <laughs> Oh man, freaking Raquel. Um, Kenneth Nielsen Nielsen asks, uh, "What is your favorite dodgeball-related drink?" Well, I mean, on the court, my preferred beverage is the Kirkland brand coconut water. Hmm. Like it's it's the best. And then um, I would say after dodgeball tournaments, um, my number one drink is. A shower claw and black cherry. It's the best flavor. Nice. Shower claw is just white claw post dodgeball yeah, like, tournament shower. Yeah, like a shower, shower beer, beer. Yep. but a claw. Nice. I'm glad you uh, separated the two because I was actually gonna ask if you had a like a post or what what, what Kenneth might have meant by that one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Dominic asks, favorite team name you've played on? Um, I mean, right now, I really love Descent um, because of, like, you know, what's happening politically and how important, like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was. Um, so, I mean, that one's the obvious choice. There's been a lot of teams that I, like, I really love, but, like, that name in particular is like really important right now. Gotcha. Is that, is that something you want to get into for a few minutes or do you want to avoid that? I don't know. It, it is what it is. Like, I, like my opinion's not changing. Um, like it, it's always 
men that like it should be like abortion should be available to all women. It's a medical procedure. Um, I think a lot of, you know, the it is probably rooted in not like understanding biology. Like we, we probably all should have been held back a year in high school biology. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even think that would change things because uh, <laughs> there's a really good rant by, um, I forget her name, but she's from the Young Turks where she's basically just saying, I don't care what your religion says. And I feel like, I mean, if I may say anything, like I, I feel like that's probably the number one issue is I don't understand what religion has to do with any of our policymaking. But the reason why I ask is I, I just... Uh, from what I've seen, and I don't know if this is appropriate to, to air it here, but since like 2016, I have seen so many upset women friends that are just marching or just upset. And it just seems like without trying to sound um, dismissive, it, it's just like, oh, yes, another march. Like, I don't understand how we're getting this so wrong. Like even in the polls, it says like a majority of Americans are, you know, against the, the overruling. It's like, well, how is yeah. this happening? Like, I don't like, what's it going to take for common sense to just enter the frame? And, uh, I think when you see it so often, um, it's, it's become such a, I don't know. I won't say just more background noise, but it, it affects people I care about. And I've had to, you know, toss my, some of my, you know, loved ones just asking like, Hey, are you, are you all right? Like I, um, yeah, I just, I, just, I don't get it. But, um, I, I think the, the scent jerseys are, are really cool. Um, I, I didn't know it was like the, I think you guys have the, I thought it was like part of a spider web. I actually had to ask about it, but it was actually the, um, What's that thing called that the justice wears that, um, Oh, the collar, the collar. Yeah. Once I found out what that was, I thought it was really neat, but, uh, yeah. Um, again, probably another subject we can get into some other time. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like, I, I totally understand too. Kind of when like the um, ruling on Roe versus Wade came out, it was like, what what do you do to like fix it? And it was like, do you do you go march? You know, like obviously we have all these marches, and and like it is important to protest, but at the same time, it's like I, I feel like a lot of people are kind of like just lost and like don't know what to do about it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the the vibe I'm getting is just defeat and uh I don't know, maybe talking about it really briefly, even though this is the Dodgeball podcast might help um I don't wanna say shed some light. I wanna have the uh the ego to think that, but maybe just understanding this impacts people we care about and we know and you know, we should value their their input and their feelings about this thing and 
not dismiss it because we want to post a really cool meme like, oh, we can disagree and still be friends because that's, uh, I think we're way past that point with some of these yeah. issues. Uh, well, and, and, you know, the dodgeball community does have, you know, kind of a history of like canceling certain people when they say things that may not be inclusive. Um, and like, I always kind of, you know, cringe at that when, you know, a, a large community kind of like dismisses someone for their like, you know, viewpoints and um, rather than like kind of, you know, talking about like why um, certain viewpoints are important to within the community. I think that's like a lot more effective than just, you know, exiling people from dodgeball. But um, it is exhausting, you know, <laughs> like, to sit there and like argue with something, someone about a political view or something. Um, but it keeps coming up. <laughs> yeah, and we're supposed to. We're still here, twenty twenty two, and um, I'm glad you said that because that, that was something that that's been kind of bugging me. Um, it's just like you said, there, there's been very fast movements to, to cancel certain people and some I can think of maybe one or two that were, were absolutely warranted. Just you, yeah. you cannot bring a single good thing to the community. So you're gone. But lately it's just like, Oh, you have one difference of opinion. There's the, the tolerance or patience is just so gone um, that they're, they're exiled. Like you said, and it's, that's not, I don't feel like that's the right answer. I think if they're willing to, have a conversation and maybe be open to the other person's point of view. Um, th there might be better ways to do it, but obviously arguing on Facebook is not going to get anyone anywhere. But um, you know what, what I've been learning is as I talk to people all across the, the, the U S it's, we all for the most part want the same thing, just to be kind of happy and left alone. Um, there may be variances of opinions on certain things and, I think a majority of it shouldn't cause you to hate the person, but I was, I was and am curious, like, where's, where's the line though? Like, and again, that, that may not be something we need to get into right now, but I was just curious, like, at what point is this like, no, it does not matter what you disagree on. You are hundred percent wrong. Um, do I still see that too? I still see, you know, players voicing certain opinions and it's like, well, I, I see where you're coming from, but. I mean, is that necessary or are you just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's exhausting and it's just, it just yeah. sucks to see that it's impacting dodgeball, which is supposed to be about fun. And, um, anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, like people in general have different, like advanced logic skills <laughs> <laughs> and it takes so some people a lot longer than others to figure certain things out. Um, so I, I think being patient and giving people time sometimes is, is the best way. Best way, but it's not the easiest and it's not gonna, yeah, it's not the quickest either. It's um, patience. Yeah. I, um, I talked to, uh, Josh Ty a couple weeks ago and I'm, I'm about to be 39 years old next month. And, um, he told me he'd said something that just really kind of 
made me pause and he had said that, you know, <clears throat> growing, growing up, he was very effeminate and he had his, um, you know, he was, he was, he was gay. And because of the way he was, he was just bullied out of every youth sports that he ever had. And I, I kind of figured that would be the case, unfortunately. But what finally got me to like click was he said that he became disconnected with his body and I was like, holy crap, I've, I would be a completely different person if I did not have the athletic background that I did. Like, I can't imagine what it's like being disconnected from your body. Like that's, that would change your whole person. And so it's kind of really made me pause for a little bit and, and maybe get, um, try to talk through some of these, these topics. So usually I'd kind of just like gloss over them or, or, or sidestep them. Um, so I appreciate you like kind of let me talk it out too but um yeah it's just i wish we could somehow just take that time with some of these people because I, I don't think everybody is counselable i think some people can be redeemed and can be seen a different perspective and uh it's just not happening these days anymore which is really sad yeah i mean i i think i think it might take a long time for some people to come around on certain things and like for some people, it just won't won't ever be enough time. Yeah, and you know, I get where some of these people are coming from. Like, some people have lived this their whole life; they're just done. They don't want to hear it anymore. So I get that too. Anyway, um, on to a lighter topic. I hope uh, Dominic also <laughs> asks, uh, "How's your spider fear coming along?" And I, Ugh. I also <laughs> not a fan of spiders. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm definitely one of those people that has a spider phobia. And like, I, I understand it's like not rational or anything like, but that spiders scare the crap out of me. And like, the reason why he's asking about this is because one time um, we were in Texas and I was driving people around. Um, and apparently they're in the backseat and like, they, like, I think Nick, Nick Fantoran um, was back there and um, Dom and like my friend Lindsay from Seattle, um, we we're all in the car and there's a spider and they're talking about it and I'm driving and I'm just like silent and like holding the wheel basically the whole way because I don't know, I, I was about to run the car off the road and <laughs> None of them understood how close we all were to dying in that moment. So that's why they always bring up spiders. <laughs> I uh, I don't feel like that'd be an overreaction. I feel like that's appropriate. Um, <laughs> I too am not a huge spider fan. And did you ever see arachnophobia as a kid? Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like that contributed to the fear? Um. Maybe it didn't help. I think like someone showed it to me because I thought it was funny. I was like, no, that's more trauma, basically. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> I saw that in the theater with my parents, and I already had a nice, healthy fear of spiders that I think I inherited from my dad because he absolutely hates them as well. And we watched this movie, and I'm just like, this is uh, this was a mistake for four year old me. And um, <laughs> smaller spiders, I can I can I'm, I can get better. Like I, I definitely. I'm a live, let live kind of person. I try not to like step on 
insects or spiders just try to be like hey unless it's a scorpion i will absolutely just try to kill you because those things are terrifying like beyond all nightmares but um yeah anything bigger than like a a quarter and i'm i'm freaking out <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we we can move on we, we don't need to talk about spiders anymore <laughs> um i think becca corrected dom and said poison was your was your favorite team and she just says, just kidding. I'm biased. I love me some, some Whitney. No, I, I love poison too. Like they're, they were like such a great team, but like, um, like I, I didn't realize like how supportive, um, a team could be and like how much better I play when I have like a really supportive team. Um, like they, they trust me to do whatever I wanted basically. Like, that's kind of rare. So, like, yeah, I really love them. Nice. Definitely a good environment to be in. Um, farm, sorry if I get the name wrong, Sechow? Farm, Farm Sechow. Sechow. He asks, who's your favorite player to get out? <clears throat> me. I mean, I, I think it depends on the day. But I would say anyone with like an overly aggressive sense of self-pride. Mm. Um, yeah, if someone is just, you know, a little too confident, um, that's who I want to get out for sure. Nice. Like, I, I want I want to get out of the people that kind of, you know, make a big deal and how it's like, it makes me feel better. <laughs> it can't be satisfying. Like, yeah, you're not that big deal. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got a couple. He asks, also asks, um, what's the best way to get someone out? <clears throat> I think you might mean by like throwing um, a catch. Uh, I, I want to get a double catch. Like I've, I've been playing, you know, 13 years and I've never had a double catch. And so whenever I see someone else do it, I'm like, that, that's my goal. But. It's, it's like trained in my, my brain to just go for one ball and like get out, but like it's hard to go for two. <laughs> yeah. I Kudos to anyone that can get a double catch on purpose. I think Chris and some of the clutch mode guys seem like they do it on purpose, but most people, it looks like an accident, but it's a happy accident. Like I, I finally got a double catch a couple of years ago, hundred percent an accident. Like I saw one, and then the second one moved up just enough to make me flinch. And in my flinching, I caught it with another hand. I was like, I wish I did this on purpose, <laughs> but I did not. <laughs> but I felt like I joined I mean, I'll a... I'll take one on accident. <laughs> What's that? I'll take one on accident. I'll take <laughs> yeah. two balls at one time. <laughs> one was 100% <laughs> for sure wanted it. But the second one was like, nope, happy accident. But I like how he mentioned the, um, like today I'm going to do this thing differently. So I feel like the double catch is one of those like, like achievements you must unlock before you're done playing. So hopefully we'll, we'll see yeah. you get one. And hopefully it's recorded. It yeah. It's, <laughs> it never happened if it wasn't recorded. <laughs> um, he also asked, how would your teammates describe your play style? We kind of covered that, but I don't know if you wanted to maybe speculate for how your teammates would see you. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it depends on, on the team. Um, 
like my my favorite times playing is on teams where um like i'm corner but someone else is just like telling me what to do um a lot of times like you know i i play i play really well when i'm kind of just like someone's throw puppet that's like really good at like having court awareness and like paying attention to what's going on focus on one thing <laughs> um yeah play style really like depends on who i'm around Gotcha. So they could basically you're you're a team player. You're not gonna be like, oh, I must have corner. I must throw. You'll you'll adapt to what they I, need. I, mean, I try. Sometimes I do hog the ball, but you know, I try to be like democratic and like, play as a team. But gotcha. I prefer always to have the ball. <laughs> it is nice. It definitely feels safer. My survival rate goes up yeah. substantially when I have a ball. <laughs> Um, he's going to steal one of mine for later, but I'll go ahead and ask it since he did. Um, what's one of your most memorable moments on the court? Um, so I mean, playing with poison at nationals in Austin was, you know, kind of one of those times that like, um, it was an interesting opportunity. Um, because like when we, when we played foam, I think it was like the third day. So like, um, we had several injuries. Like, I think, you know, Alicia broke her ankle right before that. Um, another teammate, like, I think she tore something in her shoulder. Um, we were just like down three or four people. So like Christy Stevens ended up um, trying to jump on our team and she was like eight and a half months pregnant or something. Oh, <laughs> like no. oh, like nice. she should not have been playing at that point. Um, and like we had to like switch her out um, and just find anybody basically. Um, but it, it was fun for me because like there were, there were no expectations. Um, and so I just kind of, you know, did my thing. And I, like, I think I, I like, I got a lot of people out, but in particular, I think I hit 15 people in the face. <laughs> <laughs> like like it, it was, it was an intense day, but like, I, I think that was like one of my like best days. It was like, oh yeah, that was a lot of me just hitting people today. Just like, owning people. I need to, uh. <laughs> Can you edit that and just have it say, or have you answer, I hit 15 people in the face and that'll just be, I, <laughs> that's I mean, sometimes that's a good day. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not the best metric, but like it, it was satisfying. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, he also asks why dodgeball, but I think kind of covered that earlier. Basically you're saying that you just love throwing at someone and it's the, the growth, but did you have any more that you want to add to that question? It's a lot cheaper than therapy. <laughs> nice. And it's like, you know, less of a commitment than joining a cult. So stuck with Dodgeball. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to look back 30 years from now and be like, I, I think we were in a cult. Like, Yeah, for sure. There was no Dodgeball League. It was 100% just a cult. And uh, we, we all drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be like a Netflix uh, documentary about like, how it's a cold. There's gotta be. Yeah. 
<laughs> we have it all like the overinflated egos the yeah we just i'm sure we fit a nice 10 episode season oh yeah um no, wild wild country it's dodgeball basically <laughs> dom if you're listening finish the documentary and get started on the cult yep <laughs> um Sergio asked a few questions. Uh, first and foremost, favorite memory you and I share? Um, that would probably be another time in the car, um, but like without spiders. Um, like we were in Dallas for one of the rounds. Um, I went to and so Sergio was like in my back seat, and um, like the the announcement came out for the combine invites for 2019. Um, and he's the one that actually like told me that I got an invite. Hmm. And so like, you know, it was a big deal. And I was like really happy that like, I got to share that with him because he was like so supportive and like probably even more excited than I was about like me getting it. So like, it, it was, you know, I'm glad I got to like share it with him in particular. It meant a lot. Nice. Yeah. Sergio's a, he's an awesome guy. Definitely a good friend of mine. Um, and I'm going to bash him because he asks, what is the one thing about me as a teammate that you would say stand out the most? So apparently we're making this interview about him now. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, Sergio. Well, I mean, like he's a really good captain. Like, um, you know, I, I played on EXO and I played on to learn revolver with him. And, you know, we may not be the best team, but I've always like had a positive experience. Um, I, you know, I've always had a great time and he's, he's always been like one of those supportive people that, um, you know, looks outside themselves, you know, and like has that humility to, you know, trust their teammates and, um, you know, be supportive. Nice. He also asks, how can I attain your level of coolness? And he states, you're the real MVP. I mean, if, if anyone knows, let me know. <laughs> I, I love answering questions like that. Yeah. If you find out, let me know because I have no idea. I'm just, just doing me. Pointless um, wig. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he has a statement. I'll read last, so I'm going to skip to some of the other questions that popped up. Um, so, talk about who coined the phrase "wit nasty" and how you often live up to it on the court when the chips are on the line. I think we kind of covered that, especially with your recent. Uh, yeah, knock 15 people in the face. I guess that's yeah I, I I mean I I don't really like know exactly kind of where it came from but like I think like I went to the south and I was like can I get what nasty on my jersey and then um Sergio was like we're just doing last names I was like okay but I like what nasty <laughs> so then I think I think that's what like where he picked it up um and then, yeah, yeah. whenever I make, like, you know, solid play, we deal it out. 
I love that. Uh, we're doing last names. Yeah, but I, I like Wit Nasty, so <laughs> kind of need you to just let that happen. Um, he, I think his last question is favorite dog breed and why? Oh, uh, that's the hardest question of all. Just like any dogs that are like silly. Um, poor French bulldogs, they're like overbred and they're, they're, you know, everyone's favorite dog, but they're just so silly and goofy. I do love them. I love um, Brussels Griffons. They're just like, especially the long-haired ones because they look like little Ewoks. But, but yeah, I mean, it, most, most people that know me love know that I like have a strong love for all dogs, but the sillier the better. Where does a Corgi rank in the sillier dog breed for you? They're pretty good. It, you know, it doesn't level up a bread. Just bread with paws. <clears throat> Great. Yep. Um, so I'll read some of the statements he had. So he said, um, call this a playful payback for all the questions you threw me at me during my interview. He's been waiting for this. Um, I think that was January, 2021, right before I left. And then, um, <clears throat> So this quote, I'll read from him. Um, he also says, not a question, but I want to highlight how important you are to me. You truly have been one of my biggest supporters in my corner. And though mentally I'll admit I've gone through a funk, you're often timely dog vids, memes, and overall to quote April O'Brien, posy vibes have kept me afloat when swimming has been difficult. Thank you wholeheartedly and that I can never say enough. Thank you wholeheartedly and that I can never say enough. There you go. What, what a sack. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Great following statement to that one. Getting all emotional on Sergio. <clears throat> um, so I got a couple more questions. Um, let's see. Is there anything that you would like to see done or improved for dodgeball? If you could pick one thing. Um, I think... I think one thing like we we've struggled with especially like after the pandemic is like getting new people to come like there, there's like a little bit of like gatekeeping i think in some of the more competitive levels um and it, i mean it's also just hard to like break into that and like for newer players to kind of see um the potential um so i think like it's important to kind of like welcome newer players and kind of like, like I, I really appreciate when um, I meet someone or play on a new team and, and they're supportive and like, you know, want to know more about me um, and like what I have to offer for the team in regards to dodgeball. Um, but yeah, just, just welcoming new people. I think that's, super super important for us to like all grow the sport yeah it's definitely um it's it's already intimidating enough like you're going into a sport where the goal is to you know people are going to gun for you and try to hit you with a projectile and some of these guys are just 
you know, they're monsters. They throw insanely hard or like in your case, you want to hit people in the face like 15 times. <laughs> so to kind of curb that with, uh, you know, the welcoming atmosphere, care about the person, ask about them, that definitely does go a long way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like for every person or player that retires, there should be at least three or four stepping into their place. And I don't feel like that's happening right now. I feel like it's like, uh, maybe the reverse and that's definitely gonna, gonna be hard for the, the future of the sport. Um, the, I know we talked about your court highlight, but do you have like a, just a highlight in general, um, on off that stands out the most, like, I guess your favorite memory or highlight? I mean, I, I think kind of, you know, what I'm like most proud of is getting invited to the combine. Um, like it, it was my second time this, this, um, day and both, both times I was like, just blown, blown away by new things that I learned. Nice. Um, and it's kind of like the only time that I've really like been able to play and kind of learn, learn some of like, you know, the best players play. Um, so I think that that's kind of like the times that I've been like, this is really great. Um, like the first time it was interesting. I was like, I have no chance that I'm going to make the team, but I'm going to have fun and like take, take something away from the experience. So, I mean, I highly recommend it for everybody to try and go to it. <laughs> Maybe look at it like not so much going to make Team USA, but just the experience and maybe that opens up like a different kind of, um, well, you said you, you learn more than you realize, I guess, or you perceive dodgeball a little bit differently or you come back different kind of, kind of way. Yeah. yeah. And like talking to, to, you know, other people that like did or, or didn't make the team after the combine is really interesting. Um, there's kind of like that, like emotional bonding afterwards that you're like, you know, it, it might not have been like my best dodgeball day or like, you know, the, the scouts are just watching and they, they get like a small scope of like who you are as a player. Um, so like, like it's hard with when like really good players don't make it or like they feel like let down by their experience. So it's, it's like you kind of have to step back and, and look at what, what you're taking away from the experience. And I think me kind of like being like a fish out of water the first time kind of gave me that perspective. Where I think a lot of the better players going into it um, have higher expectations and, and kind of like lose sight of like what they could gain from the experience. But it's so much fun. Like everybody should try to go and try to get what they can from it. Yeah, it's a it's a cool way to look at it. Cause I'm sure most people are like, oh, I, I must make Team USA and that's the only reason why I'm here versus what can I get out of this whole experience and look at it that way. Yeah. Um, is there anything specific that you want to achieve in dodgeball? Like, is it ultimately playing for Team USA or you just want to 
keep playing or is there like a like a goal that you have in mind well i mean a double catch would be Not great <laughs> <laughs> but i mean yeah i mean at, at this point i think it's just kind of like those small goals for me like on a regular basis and if the big goals come up like that that's that's crazy gravy on top of you know my day-to-day like self-improvement <laughs> I like that. And just like that maybe unspoken, unlisted checklist of things that must be accomplished as you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably keep playing until like, you know, I, I can't physically. So. I'm uh same way. I think we're, I think we're all in the same boat of like till the wheels fall off kind of mentality. Yeah. Which, Hopefully it's not for a while. Exactly. Right. Just, couple more years i keep saying that too like oh, just give me a couple more years a couple more years i'm gonna see when tim fullerton or um what's his name joe coella some of the the older players the the longer running vets when they start retiring then i'm like like yeah maybe it's my turn but that's still hopefully a ways away but that's a good segment to my last question and that is um have you considered what life is like after dodgeball? Like if you have to, for whatever reason, finally walk away, are you going to try to find some other sports? Um, what does that look like? I mean, what, what do 80 year olds play? <laughs> Great answer. Doing like water aerobics. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm hearing about those, elderly 50 60 year old men playing dodgeball out there it's i have to have like a senior league so i yeah. can't see uh even personally and this i kind of asked this question a couple of seasons ago a couple of seasons ago for selfish reasons just like trying to get ideas of like man what, what else can i do because this has been such a staple part of my life like at least once a week for so many weeks dodgeball was played so it's like what do i do afterwards and so um i look at my uncles that are playing softball well into their like 60s i'm like i guess softball could be there but it's just you know it doesn't feel like it'd be the same yeah i mean i mean technically my dad played softball up until he passed away so i mean i got a good you know long ways to go i guess (laughs) gotcha well we'll uh we'll leave it at that um just just to requote joe tell till wheels come off but um not so much a question but do you have any uh shout outs that you'd like to wrap this up with um i mean like i really appreciate everybody that like asked questions um like I, I always like personally enjoy these podcasts in particular, um, and then the question part because like it helps us get to know, you know, other people in our community, and kind of you know, brings that like human aspect to everyone. You know, they're they're not just like a person on the other side of the court. Sometimes like it's it's a great way to build community and kind of like learn everybody's story so all of this is is great awesome 
Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on and even, um, you know, being willing to entertain some of the, the not so fun, non dodgeball specific questions. Cause that's, that's the whole point is just to try to, like you said, bring more of the person behind the, uh, the player aspect to this. And, um, yeah, I definitely appreciate everybody that asked questions as well. And I'll definitely cover that in the, uh, the closing, but, um, I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and end the interview there. All righty. So that was my interview with uh, Whitney Pittman and Whitney, thank you so much for, for being willing to hop on and not, not only just talk dodgeball with me, but also um, get into some of the, I guess like the non, non dodgeball uh, subjects. It's definitely out there. And um, as I've said, I think during the conversation, normally I, I try to kind of skirt away from the controversy, but uh, with everything going on and how it's impacting so many people from our community, I, I, I really, it's not that I can't help myself. I just, I feel like I should at least try to, uh, to discuss it and, and let other people understand if anything, give them a glimpse of, you know, how it's impacting us as, as people and not just the, uh, the community. So, um, I will say, you know, I, I still want to keep this primarily focused on dodgeball, but, um, you know, when you look at our backgrounds and, and where we come from, uh, sometimes the political scope impacts who we are as people. And if this is something that is helpful and would, um, you know, you as a listener would like to discuss it more or talk about it more, uh, please, by all means, you utilize this platform, um, in any way that you see fit, I guess, to at least help facilitate, you know, growth and, and the community aspects of, of dodgeball. But anyway, um, also wanted to uh, shout out everyone that submitted questions. Uh, the the crowdsource questions is my favorite piece of the entire interview series or outline. Um, it's really awesome when we kind of get to delve into specific like memories or events that uh, you know are only shared between people in the car or the spider or people that know the player. So um, thank you everyone that that takes the time to do those. Um, if it's as simple as can Markel get a jersey, um, I love hearing the reactions of the the uh, person being interviewed, but it, it's always a good time. Anyway, um, that's all I have. So if you are still with me, have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Also wanted to uh, shout out everyone that asked questions. Uh, that really is probably my most favorite part of the podcast. Um, uh, what do you call it? The podcast pattern or the podcast. Um, oh boy, I am failing. Outline, Jesus. Okay, three, two, one. Anyway, also ah, three, two, one.